you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Mark chapter 6, verse number 47. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling in rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them. He saw them toiling and rowing, toiling. How much energy and how much effort do we put into toil? And believe that we're alone and God's not watching and God's not seeing the toil and the labor. For all of you who came this week and labored here at the church, you worked your jobs and came, ran your businesses and came. Evenings, most evenings, the lights went out after 9 o'clock. Some of the mornings started at 7 a.m. Some here all throughout the day. Some here spending every day. Some I saw here on the sprinkler system during the week and Saturday out with manual labor in the pond working. People coming back after they had worked and cleaned and toiled and labored. God saw every bit of it. And what you do, never do for the accolades of man, but do it as unto the Lord. But as your pastor tonight, I want to say a great big thank you to every person that's labored and worked and toiled. For every teacher for every volunteer, for every person that came and cleaned. I came in this week on Friday and I saw Brother Tom, Brother Tom Clark, and he was pushing the floor scrubber and he was coming around and he was red in the face. And I don't know if he was pushing the floor scrubber, if the floor scrubber was dragging him. I'm not sure which way it was, but there was some toil going on with this floor getting cleaned, people here working, thank you for your toil. But I want you to know tonight, God saw everything that you did this week. Thank you. Give everyone a hand clap tonight that labored. 
By the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to preach for a few moments, toil in rowing. God, help us tonight to speak what you've laid on my heart. And I pray over this assembly tonight, over these good people that are here. God, I pray your spirit and power speaks to hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The kind of situation we find in our text is a horrible situation to be in. Spiritually speaking, not, not backslidden, not giving up on the Lord, not throwing in the towel, but really not making any headway toward God. When you are toiling in the midst of a storm and you are not going with the flow, how many of you have ever been on a canoe trip? It's much easier. When you, when you hire the companies to take you, they're smart. They never send you upstream. It's always downstream to make you think it's easy. Life is sometimes we toil upstream. Sometimes we are, we are toiling against the wind. I've been there. We all go through these times in our lives. It seems like we pray about it. You listen to preaching about it. You read books about it. You've tried to figure it out, and you seem to be stuck. Anybody ever feel that way? You just feel like you can move everywhere you want, but you're just you're stuck. Spiritually, it seems like you're aching to move up in the Lord, move forward in God, but you're stuck. You're just, and, and right now, some of you may be troubled about it. You, you, may, be, you may be feel like that you're, you, you were doing God's will and all of a sudden you found yourself stuck, but there's some problem areas and some situations that seem to be holding you back and you just, you can't seem to go forward from where you are. It's just, you're, you're stuck, you're, you're toiling you're rowing, the wind is blowing, and you're, you're hanging in there, and, and you're rowing, but it seems like you're not going anywhere. It, it, it happens. It happens often, far too often. It's part of life. I, I, the, the lesson here is taught on so many fronts. We could talk about tonight. I, I grew up near a river and spent many days of my youth in and around the river, uh, sometimes my, my dad had an old boat that we would take. I'll never forget. I could describe it to you in detail. It wouldn't mean much to most of you, but those of you who know boats would understand better. This was in the early 1980s, and I was, I was very young and energetic, and we had uh, uh, an Evinrood boat motor that was, that was made in the late 1950s or early 1960s, and those things hardly would run anyway. They stayed broke down more than they would run, and, and I learned the lesson that as we fished, my dad just taught me right off the start, because one of the first trips we took, we went downstream, and somebody had to get us back upstream. You can imagine who that somebody was. I learned the lesson. Brother Scott, all of my fishing days from then forward, I always fished upstream. Because the lesson to be learned here was that 
when the boat would break down, all I had to do was just kind of navigate and let the, the river, the force of the river, just take me back downstream. And I learned how to navigate. Believe me, I was an excellent. With the boat that we had, I became excellent at paddling. I, none were better. I, I sound like Donald Trump up here. I know more about rowing than anyone. I'm, I may be the greatest rower of all times. I've learned to swim rivers because I broke down on the wrong side. Was too far downstream to get across. And so I, swam. I learned about dealing with currents. A group of us guys went whitewater rafting. I told you, Mick, I was going to preach about it Sunday. I told you when we were eating Saturday. I, I can't talk about it without finding something to preach about. A group of us went whitewater rafting in, in was it Virginia or West Virginia, I think it was, several years ago. And uh, Mick and I were deciding that we need to do that again. It was an, an excursion of a lifetime. It's a very fun event, uh, somewhat dangerous. And, and we have all sorts of stories to tell out of it, and and we, our guide, he he was a he 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 saw that we were a bunch of young bucks wanting to cause a, you know wanting to go home with stories, and so he gave us stories, and uh, we went off of waterfalls backwards, and I mean we have some stories to tell. It was some amazing an amazing time. We had a lot of fun, but there were some things as we were rowing that we had to learn against because not always did we just go with a flow and downstream. There were points that he would tell us. It's called setting up. And so he would set us up for the next rapid. And in setting up for the next rapid, you weren't always going with the current. Sometimes he would say, all right, now we're going to row backwards, which means you're going to row against the current. And we had to learn to follow the person in front of us. So he put the pace setter in the front of the boat and he said, I want you working together. What the person on the left is doing, the person on the right must be doing because if, if the left and the right are not working together, how many of you know what happens? Remember, I'm excellent at this. And so you have to learn to work together. The people on the left and the right had to learn to work together. We had to watch for each other. It became, by the time the day was over, we had it figured out. We knew who to watch and we, we knew how to stay in timing and in rhythm together to where we could work. And, and we had to listen to the guide. He would tell us, okay guys, left side three paddles, right side backwards. And, and, and he would turn. And as long as we were listening to the guide, he was coaching us, but it was up to us to row. He was directing us, but we had to do what the guide was telling us to do. We had to trust that he had our best interest in mind. Now, we just met the guy that morning, but we get into a point that the river was in pretty high state. As a matter of fact, they told us that morning if the river was just about a, a foot higher, they would shut down the rapids. It would reach dangerous, right on the, the, the verge of being dangerous, and the water was rather high, and it was really swift. 
shift and this man that we met of a morning we just put our life we climbed in, in a boat and we put our life in his hands trusting that he had our best interest in mind now I want to do more tonight than just preach a little lesson about rowing and how to navigate in the current but I want you to understand something tonight there is some things that only God can do and there's sometimes that we must understand that the best thing you can do when you feel like you're stuck when you feel like you're working against the current when you feel like that you're toiling and you're rowing there's some things you need to understand tonight you need to never decide I'm going to step out of the boat and do my own thing what you need to do is find some people that you can get synchronized up with and you can begin to row together and say brothers and sisters we're going to pray together we're going to fast together we're going to labor together we're going to see this thing through together I can't do it on my own I've got to stay with the church stay with the kingdom of God stay in sync with my brothers and I got to listen to the voice of God that is giving direction and telling me this is what you need to do if you're going to make it in this current you've got to, you, we've got to be tuned in to hear the voice of God there's some storms that we must row through but there's some storms that all the rowing in the world is not going to get you through. The Bible talks about some of those in those situations. The Bible gives us some examples that there were certain storms that the only thing they could do was cast out an anchor and pray for the morning. There's some times in the storm that all of your labor and all of your worrying and all of your fretting and all of your frustration is not going to get you anywhere. That's where the Bible gives us an example. When having done all you can do to stand, you've got to just stand there for. When you don't know what else to do, you got to put your feet on the ground, throw out the anchor, and pray for daylight. And ask God to come on the scene and make a way. In our text, these situations that Jesus talked about here, they, we, we, this, this is a moment that we need to be like the disciples and just pray that it's really Jesus that we see. That Jesus had been teaching them. He had healed the sick. They had just witnessed one of the greatest miracles of all time. And, and, and the Lord had filled their bellies. The bellies of 5,000 people were filled with five loaves and two fish. And they took up fragments. So you've got to understand where they were. Get this picture. They've all got the victory. Jesus was the main speaker. He had fed them. I mean, what's better than, than going to church and getting a full belly and Jesus being the main speaker? I mean, that was as apostolic as it's going to ever get. Good preaching, but Jesus, he had been teaching them. They've all got the victory. They're all having a wonderful time. The disciples get in a boat and now find themselves in the midst of a storm. They weren't living in sin. They hadn't done anything wrong. Oh, it's fixing to get tight in here just in a moment. 
Because some people feel like just because everything's not going right in my life, there must be something wrong or I've got a right to be angry at the church or angry with God or angry with my spouse or angry with the pastor. You don't have a right to be angry. He saved you. He brought you out. you got a good church, a good family. There was just enough presence of God in this house a few moments ago to potentially save the world. What we need to do is understand it rains on the just and on the unjust. And in the middle of God feeding them, in the middle of their full bellies, in the middle of them hearing great teaching, they get out of, they, they, they dismiss from church, get in the boat and head to the other side and end up in a storm. That sounds like life to me. But I come tonight to tell you that Jesus is never too far from where you are. I would rather get in a storm prayed up than have everything going my way and not have God on my side. Are you ready for this? They got in a storm. Jesus told them, get in the ship and go to the other side. Everybody with me? Jesus, the miracle worker, the bread breaker, the fish multiplier, the great teacher, the healer, tells them, get in the boat, go to the other side. Do you not think he knew there was a storm brewing? Some things you get into, the, you're, you're following the will of God. You're doing what he said. And he knew there was going to be a storm. I wish I could preach this like I feel it tonight. Some of you are so packed with potential. Some of you young people, some of you young adults, your life is completely in front of you. Some of you adults and some of you that have as much or more gray hair than I have in the house tonight, your life is so full of potential and possibility but you let every little thing that comes along cause you to get angry at God, angry at the church. When the Lord is trying to prepare your potential for what he's going to do a little while later, they weren't always going to be with Jesus. He was trying to prove some disciples that may become apostles. But they had to endure a storm that Jesus told them, get in the boat and get in the middle of the storm. I won't leave you nor forsake you. If you let the discouragement of the storm cause you to backslide, you don't have a whole lot of gumption in you. We've got to decide there is nothing in this whole world worth me being lost over. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. I'm staying with the boat. I'm staying with Jesus. If he sends me into it, he's going to see me through it. He's never sent you in a storm. He didn't make a way of escape for you. Sometimes 
the Lord, I got to lose weight and get in shape. Dylan, you got to lose some weight. You were getting out of breath bad tonight. Me and you got to go on a diet tomorrow. Sometimes we need to just do what the Lord says. Get in the boat. Because I see potential in you. And you're never going to reach the potential if you don't have to deal with a storm. Dylan led us powerfully in the Holy Ghost tonight. Those of you that didn't know, we were off schedule tonight. Things were just, he was following the leading of the Holy Ghost. He was looking to me and just asking me. With a, That's the great thing about having a good relationship. He just looked at me and knew by my eyes what I was saying to him and giving him direction to do. And he was flowing in the Holy Ghost. He knew there was a flow of the Holy Ghost. But he couldn't have been as anointed as he is on this platform leading tonight. If it wasn't but a couple of years ago, he didn't know if he was going to live to see the next week or the next month but God allowed him to go through some you think God didn't know about the storm of course he knew about the storm but he was making somebody that would learn to trust him in the good time and the bad time that could stand and say bring me to a piano bench when he didn't know what the future was going to hold he could praise in the good day and the bad come on somebody that's been through some hardship and struggle God was making you. They're in the they're in the ship in the storm. No doubt they're praying. They were men of prayer. They're 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 praying and looking for help. Now, they hadn't been out there too terribly long. But when you're in a storm, the last thing you need is some preacher to come stand on the platform and say, you hadn't really been going through this very long. Mm -hmm. Let me just tell you about this, Pastor. When I have a headache, it's the worst headache of anybody you've ever known. Nobody has headaches like me. Matter of fact, I'm the master of headaches. I know more about headaches. Pardon me tonight. We're going to have fun in an auction here in a few minutes, but I've got a word to bring to you. When you're in a storm, it doesn't matter if it's been five minutes, five weeks. About every service I look and see, and I know they probably get tired of me even mentioning their name. I see Brother Jason, Sister Dasa. Saw her up here in the front tonight. I prayed with her. A storm that didn't come and go, but a, a storm that's come and stayed. I rebuke that storm in Jesus' name. The storm won't always last. This storm won't, 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 it won't always last. It, it may be the trial. I don't know what God is doing in the middle of all of it, but I've got faith enough to know that God's working something through this thing that I can't understand, that I don't have words for. I look at some people that go through. I'm telling you, you want to know that when you go through some of these storms and some of these tests that are the trial of your life, when you come out the other side, you're going to have a testimony because you passed the test.
My friend, pastors in Illinois, told me he was going through cancer and chemo treatment, radiation. He was very, very sick, starting a church in Joliet, Illinois. And he's going through, and he shared the testimony, and this is a little bit of preacher talk behind the scenes, because he was just giving me a little bit of, of how, he fe- how he felt at the time. He said, I, I, he said I, I, the Lord taught me some things. And he said, he taught me patience with people and taught me to hold my tongue. Called, taught me to not say, say what I'm thinking at all times. He said, I'd go through radiation on Tuesday and be so sick on Wednesday that I couldn't hold my head up. And we'd have midweek service and somebody would call and say, Pastor, I'm not going to make it tonight. Because I got a headache. And he said, I finally responded with, thank you for letting me know. Because if I said anything more, I was going to tell them, no worries. I had chemo yesterday. I've thrown up nine times today. Is this too straight talk for you? The Lord revealed something to me some time ago. I have a tendency to put expectations on people that are unmanageable. And I recognized that some time ago the Lord helped me with it. I would put very high expectations on people. And I expected them to respond like I would respond or do what I would do. And the Lord kind of dealt with me about it. And he said, stop, stop expecting people to, to operate like you would operate or to be who you are. Because I didn't make them who you are. And some of them don't walk in the level of anointing that you walk in. Am I stepping way too far out to tell you that sometimes the way you handle your storm will reveal or maybe establish the level of your anointing? Because if you're not willing to be faithful through the storm, if you're not willing to stay the course in the middle of the storm and say, I'll keep toiling, I'll keep rowing, I'll keep waiting. The, we, I, the choir didn't know what, a matter of fact, I didn't know what I was preaching 30 minutes before time tonight, and, and I didn't know what they were singing tonight. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. No turning back now. Come on, somebody. We've got to understand. We've got that's a kind of we got to make up our mind and say, I'll just keep waiting. I'll just keep waiting. There's no turning back because all the devil would like is for you to turn back. But I'm going to tell you what the, what will put the devil to flight. The scripture said, resist the devil and he'll flee. In other words, tell the devil, there's no turning back. I may not be able to go forward. I may be rowing and I may not be able to move forward. But I guarantee you one thing. You're never going to see me turn and run. I've got my feet on the rock. i got my mind made up. Whatever comes my way, I'll keep toiling and I'll keep rowing because God allowed me into to the storm and he will see me through it. It doesn't matter if the world is against you. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to stand until he takes me through. 
You may feel like you're not getting anywhere in your rowing. But that doesn't mean that you're out of God's will or out of God's purpose or out of God's plan. I want everybody under the age of 30 to hear me real clear tonight. There's going to be days, if you're not there now, there's going to be days in your life that you're going to feel like, boy, I'm just not going anywhere. I'm stuck. I'm not moving anywhere. Don't get frustrated and quit. Because the crowd in this house today that's probably about 30 and over and some that are under 30 have learned this. That when you have done everything you can to stand, you keep standing. Because God is always faithful and he will always see you through. The world doesn't have anything to offer you. They'll offer you things that are temporary, but God will offer you something that will last through eternity. You need to make up your mind, I'm not turning, I'm not turning back, I'm not going back. I'll keep rowing, the waves are coming, the wind is coming, but I will keep toiling, I will keep rowing, I will keep working. There are times that the devil will throw things at your way. He gets credit for a lot of things that God, God ordains in our lives. Be careful of that. You give, the, you give the devil credit for something God's allowing you to go through because he's making something out of you. The devil jumps in and wants you to believe it was his idea. It wasn't his idea. God had a purpose in it. Mm, I wish I could preach this the way I feel it tonight. God has a purpose in it. You think the devil brought it on you. And God's saying, I want to give you something better than you already had. I want to make something out of you. I'm going to see how you'll handle this before I give you the breakthrough, before I give you the blessing. But you got to be faithful here. you got to be faithful in the small things. you got to be faithful in the nursing home ministry before I take you to the greater stage. you got to be... You gotta be faithful. You gotta be faithful to prayer meeting before I put you in leadership. You gotta, the Lord is saying, I'm trying to work some things in you and find faithfulness in you where you are. Oh, it's easy to have victory and keep the faith during camp meeting, conferences, things are going well. You just gotta keep rowing in the hardships and struggles. You come home and it's Sunday and pastor's preaching and it's not an evangelist here that can sing the lights out like last Sunday night. The Bible says this. They rode about 25 or 30 furlings into the sea when the storm hit. That means that they were about four miles. Now I want you to understand about the Sea of Galilee. It's about eight miles across. They're four miles when the storm hits. Everybody say, oh boy. That means there was no shortcut to find another way out. Remember, the Lord designed it. There's no shortcuts. Somebody might have already said that today. I think in Lebanon, Brother Justin might have said that. There's no shortcuts to the glory. There's no shortcuts to the anointing. There's no shortcuts to God making you and working in your life. You've got to just keep rowing in the middle. Maybe the Lord is trying to tell them what he's trying to tell us today. 
you're in the middle of it, so any way you row is going to be, is going to be the right direction. But the worst thing you can do is stop rowing. Let me get back to whitewater rafting. Y'all are liking that story better. How many of you guys went? We were trying to decide yesterday. Who, who went? Andrew, you were there. Nick, Danny. Some aren't here that went. You guys remember when they told us? Eric, Eric was there, yeah. Remember what they told us? He said, when you get in the rapid... Do not let the rapid take you. He said when we, we're going to row in the rapid and we're going to row all the way through it and out the other side and we will not stop rowing. You're going to be moving plenty fast but if you ever stop rowing you lose control of the boat. And when you lose control of the raft, that's when you'll start spinning and end up flipping and rolling. And See, some of us get in the storm and say, oh, my, I'm just going to start. Let me tell you what you got to do. You're in the rapid. you got to put your head forward and say, I know I'm in it. But I'm going to bury the oar into the water and I'm going to row and I'm going to keep rowing and I'm going to keep listening and he's going to keep telling me what to do and I'm going to keep being obedient. I'm not panicking in the middle of my storm. I'm going to use all the strength and courage I have to get through this and out the other side of it. And here's the thing. The scripture says that they lost faith. Now remember, remember the, the chronology. Is chronology, is that the right word? I'm trying to learn vocabulary words. Remember the chronology that is taking place or the time that's taking place. That's what Webster says it means anyway. Remember what had just happened. Jesus taught. They went out to dinner. Jesus gets them on the boat, go to the other side. They get out there, and their heart fainted for fear. And here's what the scripture said For they forgot about the miracle of the loaves. It just happened. It was just a few it was just a few short hours ago that a miracle of the loaves but they all everybody in the boat we're not talking about random people we're talking about the disciples of Jesus forgot about the miracles of the loaves and when they forgot about the miracle of the loaves their heart fainted with fear because they forgot, I'm closing, I'm wrapping this up. Because they forgot about the miracle of the loaves. Here's what the deal is. When you get in the middle of your storm, don't you ever forget about what God has done for you. 24 hours, 48 hours, 12 months, 2 years, 10 years. you got to make up in your mind that I am going to remember. I'm going to write it down. Sister Robin, I see you on your feet tonight. Don't ever forget it. Don't let your grandbabies forget it. Don't let anybody you meet forget it remember where God brought you from come on some of you sister 
Some of you, God has delivered from alcohol and drug addiction. Some of you, God has healed from cancer. You can't forget it when you get in the storm. You've got to remember the miracle. You've got to remember Him bringing you through. Not your heart will faint for fear. The Bible uses the word, stand with me, the Bible uses the word. Bible says they were tormented in their rowing. That's what the word means. They were toiling. That word toiling in proper translation said they were tormented in their rowing. When you've done all you can do to stand, And you don't know what to do. And your heart is fainting. And you're being tormented by your rowing. You've got to look back over your life. You've got to count your blessings. You've got to write them down. You've got to list them and remember when my marriage was broken and God put it back together. When my children were sick. And God put it back together. When we were broke and I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills and God made a way for me. I got to write down every miracle and every blessing. And I need to look back and reflect on them. Because when I get in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a sea. And if I dare forget, my heart will faint with fear. And I'll become tormented. But I want you to understand, in the middle of all that. You know the end of the story. They saw Jesus come walking on the water. God knows where you are. He knows your GPS coordinates. He knows right where you are. Not physical location here. He knows that too. But the Lord knows exactly where you are spiritually, emotionally. He knows right where you are. And he's watching every move, watching everything that you do. And at the moment that you think you're all alone, Jesus is going to show up. I'm in the storm, but I think I see him. I think I see him walking on the water toward me. And I think he's about to step on board. And I think he's about to calm the storm. If you're here tonight and you're toiling in the middle of your rowing, this message is for you. Keep rowing. You're not alone. This church is rowing with you. You're not by yourself. Come on, you ought to just reach over. If it's appropriate to do so, you ought to just reach over. You ought to just reach over and link up with somebody and just let them know you're not alone. You're not by yourself. We're, we're rowing together. We're toiling together. Come on, hang in there and keep rowing. I know it seems like you're alone, but we're in this thing together. We're struggling. You're struggling, but we're struggling together. I'm my brother's keeper. Come on, why don't you just pray one for another right where you are? Maybe you want to step across the aisle and pray with somebody or just link up with somebody. Just be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. We're going to have a different kind of altar call tonight. Why don't you just look around the room and find somebody that you just want to encourage tonight and just go slip your hand in theirs and say, come on, we're rowing together. 
Come on, we're going to fight the fight together. The Lord's going to see us through. We're going to make it together. Come on, link up with somebody. Let them know we're together. We're toiling together. We're working together. He's going to see you through. He's in the middle of the storm with you. Always beside me, no shadow, no valley. Where you won't find me, no, I am not afraid. Before me, behind me, always beside me, no shadow, That's it. Why don't you just minister one to another? Some of you are... That's it. Just pray one for another. Strengthen one another. Just let there be freedom in the room right now. Step across an aisle. Just let the Lord lead you. Just go connect with them. Pray with somebody. Come on, don't be intimidated. This is an altar call. This is a prayer service. Come on, we're going to do this together. Side me. 